Welcome back to the John Clay Podcast. I'm John Clay, sports columnist with the Lexington Leader and Kentucky.com. On today's podcast, we're going to preview Saturday's Kentucky-Florida football game. It's a 6 o'clock kickoff at Kroger Field on ESPN. Uh, Kentucky comes into the game 4-0, overall 2-0 in the SEC after a 16-10 win over South Carolina last Saturday. Florida comes into the game ranked 10th in the country. They're 3-1. Their only loss was to number one Alabama, and that was just a two-point loss, 31-29 a couple of weeks ago. Last week, the Gators beat up on Tennessee 38-14. They outscored Tennessee, scored 28 straight points, outscored Tennessee 21 to nothing uh, in the second half to get the win. As you may or may not know, Kentucky has not beaten Florida in Lexington since 1986. They've lost 16 straight to the Gators to help to help us get ready for the game, I talked with Pat Dooley, my friend and former columnist at the Gainesville, longtime columnist at the Gainesville Sun about the Gators, about uh, what they've been up to so far, what the strengths and weaknesses of Dan Mullen's team is going into the game on Saturday. And for Kentucky, I talked to my friend and colleague, UK football beat writer, and my uh, friend of the pod, scouting report guest, Josh Moore of the Lexington Leader and Kentucky.com. So let's get right to it. First, we'll be talking with Pat Dooley, and then we'll be talking with Josh Moore. Okay, my guest now on the podcast is my friend, longtime, former longtime sports columnist, the Gainesville Sun, but now he's doing so much stuff. I was talking to him before we got started, and he was listing all the things he's doing right now. And I'm like, hey, Pat, you're supposed to be retired, uh, but he's still everywhere in Florida and Gainesville. He's the man to talk to about Florida football. First of all, how are you doing, Pat? I'm doing good. Yeah, I've got. I I went from having one boss to having like seven. I don't. That that doesn't seem like a lot of a good plan for retirement. But uh, but I'm doing stuff I like to doing stuff I like to write. So it's a lot of fun. Okay. Well, when we get to the end of this, I you, I want you to list everything so people can find <laughs> find you everywhere. But anyway, let's talk about what about these Florida Gators? They're ranked tenth in the. Uh, nation, they're three and one coming in, one and one in the SEC. But the one loss was a two point loss to Alabama. They took care of Tennessee last week. How about these Gators? It's an interesting team, and in that we still don't know what what we have here. In other words, uh, what we're looking at, you know, um, it's a weird kind of dynamic, and that it might be really good, but I'm still not sure, you know, because. You know, the bottom line is Tennessee's terrible, as you know. Um, You know, the first two games they played were against bad teams. And they were perfect warm-up games for Emory Jones. So he he can make mistakes and then uh, and and deal with it. And then, uh, obviously, they played Alabama toe-to-toe. I mean, they won the lines of scrimmage. They outrushed them and out um, and held them to under 100 yards rushing. And so you're looking at that, and you're like, well, this team may be really good. Now they're going to get Anthony Richardson back and – and that dynamic, how they work that in, could be really something special. Or they might not be that good. The secondary is questionable. Uh, the quarterback situation is going to be a problem all year because they're they're never going to know where to go with it. Uh, um, you know, fans are going to get upset. You know, so you just don't know. I mean, I, I think Florida's still in the second tier uh, in the SEC behind Alabama and uh in Georgia uh, this year, I think Florida's in the second tier, but you never know. I mean, they could. I mean, the, could they beat Georgia? Yes, but the first thing they got to do is beat Kentucky, which I've been pointing to since the summer as a, a crucial game for Florida this year. Why? Why is it a crucial game for them? 
Because to me, it's all about October. The Alabama game was a great game for fans and a great game for a lot of reasons. And uh, Alabama hadn't been here in 10 years. And, you, you know, the SEC's lazy scheduling, that, uh, that's unfortunate. But the bottom line is it, it was going to come down to October because that's when you go to Kentucky, you go to LSU, and you play Georgia Jacksonville in in this month. In that Or that month because, well, we're still a couple of days away. But um, – yeah, I mean, so that to me is is the whole thing, and it starts with Kentucky, and and as you know, uh, John, uh, Kentucky is should have beaten Florida at least the last two times in Lexington, and 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 more than that. I mean, the, the history is unbelievable, but you know, the fact that they were in position to win makes you tell you tells you that they can get in position to win again. Okay, let's talk about – you mentioned Emory Jones, the Florida quarterback. Uh, one thing, looking at the Florida stats and watching, seeing some of them play, it sounds like they've changed Mullen, Dan Mullen. They've changed their identity. They've gone from Kyle Trask and throwing the ball. This year, I think they're – right now, I think they're third in the country in rushing yards per game. Uh, what, what about the Florida offense? Well, think about this. This is – which is I think would be one of the most amazing stats ever. Florida could lead the country in passing one year and rushing the next year. <laughs> um, now, they're, like you said, they're third and, and ahead of them are, uh, I think, Air Force and Army, and they're, they're never going to throw the ball. So they probably will still lead the league or lead the nation in rushing. Uh, but um, it is it is amazing how he just flipped a switch and goes, okay, this year – this is the, the personnel we have, so this is what we're going to run. So they run it well, and their offensive line's been very good. I, I was a guy who said, you know, they're going to have to show me something. Uh, they've been, you know, really good. I mean, when you look at the numbers, that's kind of how you have to judge it. Um, but the quarterback run game is a huge part of it. Emory Jones is Florida's leading rusher right now. And as soon as Anthony Richardson starts playing, he'll be the lead rusher because every time he gets the ball, he goes 80 yards. So um, <laughs> it, it is, it's a totally different team and they're not a great passing team. Emery's not the most accurate guy in the world. We don't know what Anthony Richardson can do throwing the ball. He's thrown like two passes, three passes this year. And one of them was they were trying to get the ball to, to Willie Jackson's grandson. So, on the day they honor Willie Jackson, so they kept throwing bombs to him, but he was too slow, so he couldn't get there. Um, so, you know, I have no idea what they can do passing the ball if they get in that kind of a situation. Um, but, uh, you know, Emery's been uh, – he's gotten better. He's gotten better with every game. I will give him credit for that. But the the, the key is, you know, they've got to they've got to juggle this situation right, and it's I think Mullen's up to it. And I even sang a song for him that would help him. Emory, Emory and Anthony live together in Dan Mullen's backfield. As you know, I don't need to quit my day jobs. <laughs> no, but I will give you uh, I'll give you credit for having the guts to to do that to sing that. Um, what uh, What is the deal with Richard? I know he missed the last two games. I mean, did you guys? Uh, I mean, what was his reputation and, and what, uh, I mean, cause I, I was like, who is this guy after the first couple of games? Cause like you said, yeah, it seemed like, uh, what do you have four carries for like 115 yards or something the first game and 160 yards in the second, or maybe yeah. I've got him flipped. Who is this guy? Well, it's interesting because he played at East side and, um, uh, Gainesville East side and, and it came up, moved up from Miami. I think at 10, 10 years old or something like that. Um, 
And so we knew about him and he committed fairly early. And I remember I actually was talking to their AD and he was telling me what a great kid he was. And I was like, man, this guy's going to be, he's going to be awesome and everything. And then, and then he decommitted and um, it was kind of, was kind of surprising. And then he ended up recommitting and whatever, you know, how that, that stuff right. works. Right. You deal with it in basketball every day. So, right. um, but you know, the thing is, um, Everybody knew he's this raw, great athlete, and he and he kind of reminds you of Cam Newton uh, physically. Um, but when Cam Newton was at Florida, I'll be perfectly honest, he couldn't throw a lick. Mm-hmm. He was terrible. And he had to go to Blinn, Oklahoma, to get better and get the reps and then go to Auburn. And, and even then, it took him a while to really get going on that Heisman year. But with um, – with Richardson, I mean, we, we don't know we, what he can do. He played in that Oklahoma fiasco in the Cotton Bowl um, you know, a lot in that game to kind of get him ready for this year and was okay. But um, but he's just this massive, big, strong guy that's an incredible athlete. Do I mean, he didn't play in the Alabama game, but he did a backflip before the game. Really? Uh, so I'm like, well, uh, don't you use your hamstring to do a backflip? <laughs> But, I don't um, do many backflips, but I would uh, think yeah. you would. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't know. Believe me, I, a front slip I could barely do <laughs> in a pool. Um, but um, he's been. He was. He's been. I believe. On of course, you know, the Gator Nation's clamoring for him to get in there. And then the last two games, they kind of went. Oh, maybe Emory's okay. You know. And now they're kind of waiting to see what happens. Now, so for the for the uh, Alabama game. They felt like the, it was just not a hundred percent, and 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 this goes back to what I was saying about the Alabama game, uh, John, and how this this it's about this month, and not about the Alabama game. And I think they basically said we need him to win a lot of games this year to be part of a team that wins a lot of games, not necessarily this game. So they, they sat him for Alabama. We all expected him back for Tennessee. And they said, well, it's like our experience with the, um, the hamstrings has been um, if, he, if it's 100%, give it another week. Mm-hmm. And that's what Mullen said. So, And when you're playing Tennessee, you can definitely give it another week. <laughs> yeah. Because, I, I, you know, they the, the dissing of Tennessee this week has been incredible by the Florida coaches. They're like, well, it's a totally different game now. We're playing Kentucky physical, you know. <laughs> not like last week with those clowns, you know. We, so, um, yeah, so I think he'll be ready to go. But how much will he play? I don't – he doesn't have full grasp of the offense. He doesn't – it's not like they gave, they've given him the whole playbook. He's kind of been – in that Emory role from last year. And if you remember last year with Trask, they would bring Emory Jones into games and have right. give him a series here and, and give him a play here. So that's kind of what they're doing with him right now. We'll see how much it expands or, or if it expands. Okay, let's flip it over to the defensive side. Todd Grantham, who Kentucky knows well, seems like every year uh, they coach against uh, Todd Grantham, whether he's at Louisville or Georgia or Mississippi State, <laughs> and now Florida. Uh, what, what How's the Florida defense been so far? Well, they've been okay. Um, you know, la- we knew it'd be better l- than last year. It was historically bad last year. Uh, the numbers are incredible, uh, but it was that way all over the country. Everybody had problems. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you know who I asked this trivia question. I don't know if it's a trivia question, but this I ask this question sometimes when I go to speak to people. I go, "Do you know who led the country in total defense last year?" Army. 
And the reason was they never <laughs> let anybody else have the ball. So if you don't get the ball, you can't get any yards on right. it. So, uh, you know, uh, everybody else had problems, as we know, even Alabama. Uh, so we knew it would be better. Uh, but then they lose Jaden Hill before the season, tears his ACL, uh, who was going to be a starting corner. They were without Kair Elam last week. The secondary is still questionable. I, I just don't – it hasn't shown me the ability to cover. You saw in that, that Tennessee game where they got a guy behind the secondary. Right. Uh, and and uh, we've seen that a lot. In fact, there have been – early in the season, there were a couple – plays where guys were wide open they just missed them or a guy dropped it you know so i'm not 100 percent sure of the secondary i do think they're better in the front seven than they've been in a while um with those two transfers coming in valentino uh from penn state and newkirk from auburn and then they added truesdale from auburn too to give them depth and then you have curve on dexter so they feel like they've got a four-man rotation at tackle and that are quality SEC players. And I, I would agree with them. And then, you know, Cox and Carter on the outside and moon. And the problem is when they lost, um, you know, their middle linebacker, Ventrell Miller, that is a blow. He was their tackling machine, but they're faster now on defense. So maybe it'll work out. Uh, but I'm curious to see what a team like Kentucky with its physical style of running with the SEC's uh, leading rusher in terms of yards per yards gained, and Rodriguez, what they do to this Florida um, front, because uh, you know, without those uh, that big linebacker in there, the guy who used to make those kind of plays, you, you remember David Reese was that guy, oh, yeah. yeah, and he would always. Uh, if Kentucky had fourth and one, you knew David Reese was going to make the tackle for no gain every right. time. Right. And uh, now they don't have that guy, you know, so that could be an issue. So I think the, the jury's still a little bit out on the defense right now. Okay, so what, Florida hasn't uh, lost in Lexington since 1986. I think it's 16 in a row. What uh, what do they have to do to extend the streak on Saturday? Well, I think they have to just be themselves and play their game and, and play. I, I, I think Florida is built under Dan Mullen to play from ahead. Like some teams are great at making comebacks and, you know, if they get down, it's no big deal. But this team's kind of built to play from ahead because they – they aren't going to get the same number of possessions that you would hope to get uh, for an offense because they're they're a little more methodical. Mm-hmm. You know, they take it in chunks, and um, sometimes they get big chunks, and and but they don't really get big big chunks, you mm-hmm. know, unless Richardson is blown off one of these great runs. So um, yeah, so I think Florida's just got, well, the one. The number one thing is, look, Florida doesn't get turnovers. Okay. Um, but they don't really give up a bunch of them either. They did have the four picks in the first two games by Emory, and he's gotten better at that. But you can't lose that turnover battle in a game like this, um, and especially against a team that has lost the turnover battle every week right. uh, in Kentucky. So, yeah. you know, they're minus nine in Florida. I think minus one maybe. But, right? uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. But Florida doesn't hasn't created a lot of turnovers in the last few years. I don't know why they don't get a lot of interceptions. They don't, for some reason, nobody seems, seems to fumble against them. Well, Kentucky might be able to help them with that, the way they've played <laughs> so far. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the interesting thing to me. When you look at that, you say, you look at the stats, and then you go, why haven't they scored more points in this? And you go, oh, nine turnovers. Right. Nine explosive yeah. things. <laughs> exactly. It's hard to score points when you're losing the ball, when you keep turning yeah, the ball exactly. over. So, yeah. 
Okay, well, it should be it'll, it'll be an interesting game on Saturday. Like say, Florida's number ten in the country. Kentucky's unbeaten. Uh, Six o'clock start on ESPN. Okay, Pat, we've come to the uh, part of the podcast where you now get to list everything you are doing. Where where can uh, where can the listeners find you online and the various places online? And I know you also are on the radio, uh, but just where can they find you? Well, I do. I write for something called Gators Wire, which is a Gannett. Uh, branch and uh, I write three times a week for them. I write, well, the Gator Alumni Magazine, your listeners aren't going to get that, I don't think. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but you never know. Um, and also, we're doing the radio show five days a week, me and Jeff Cardozo here at WRUF.com. And I also write twice a week for them. Uh, Back Nine is still alive uh, on there. And uh, and then the, the Gray and the Gators and do a lot of speeches and stuff like that. But it's funny. You're, you're probably saying to yourself, I thought you said you retired. I retired from the newspaper business. I did. I, I was tired. You know what, what's funny, John, I, one reason I retired because I got to the age where I could was because I was sick of travel. I got to where I didn't like travel anymore. And it was a, it was a four 30 in the morning days in Starkville, Mississippi, or not Starkville, uh, Columbus, Mississippi, because oh, yes. you can't stay in Starkville. Right. And I standing there, I'm going, you, you can't keep doing this. But the one trip, and I was telling this crowd this last night, the one trip I really looked forward to every other year was going to Lexington. I yep. loved it up here. You get off that plane, the cool breeze hits you, and the, you look at the horses and the grass, and the, it's this beautiful country. And I always liked the stadium, and one of the best press boxes in the country, in my opinion. Uh, so that I will, I will miss that a little bit. Uh, there's not a little pain on Saturday. Well, we will miss seeing you, but we know that you'll be watching and you'll be commenting, and we'll be following you on Twitter. Tell people where they can follow you on Twitter. Yeah, it's at Pat underscore Dooley. So there you go. Uh, there you go. Not there hard. Go. Not hard to remember. Well, Pat, I'll let you get back to the golf course. Uh, <laughs> I appreciate you, as always, being on the podcast. We really do appreciate it. And uh, I encourage everybody to check out Pat's work everywhere on the Internet. Thanks again, Pat. Always a pleasure, John. We'll see you, buddy. Okay, thanks a lot to Pat. We appreciate it. Whenever Pat Dooley is on the podcast, be sure and check out his work. And right after the break, we'll be talking with Josh Moore of the Herald Leader and Kentucky.com. Okay, my guest now is Josh Moore, UK football beat writer for the Herald Leader and Kentucky.com. How's it going, Josh? I'm good, John. Halfway, uh, you know, through the week here. And obviously a, a massive game before us this week. You know, but, you know I think at least that's the, the what I'm told. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Before we get to the massive game, let's talk about though the news that happened. We record this on we're recording this on Wednesday morning. Uh, yesterday there was some news, some good news for Kentucky football. Uh, t- tell us about that. Yeah, I know as, as good a news as they could have received yesterday when the you know that ongoing legal matter involving burglary charges against six players and a wanton endangerment charge against Vito Tisdale, a uh, grand jury decided yesterday, or at least you know, handed down its decision yesterday. I think the hearing was Monday. Um, but the decision came out yesterday that they were going to decline to indict. So we originally said dismiss. There's, it's technically declined to indict. We changed that in our report. Um, it's that effectively they are the same things. It's just 
a, a judge dismisses and a um, jury declines to indict, which, you know, whatever, it's the same thing. And, you know, I'll note Jeremy Chisholm was on site for us, our, one of our news reporters, and he was the one relaying information to me. And the language used at the time of the decision was dismissed. So, yeah, so, so that, that's neither here nor there. But <laughs> what matters is, um, you know, those players are no longer have to you know, deal with that as far as the, you know, in the courts goes. And, and so that's great news. That's uh, R.J. Adams, Jaton McClain, Vito Tisdale, um, Andrew Phillips, Joel Williams, and Ernest Sanders. Uh, three of those guys are in the secondary, uh, including Vito and, and Andrew Phillips. And I think those two in particular are probably the guys that um, – have the probably the best chance of making an immediate uh, impact on the team as, as far as, you know, maybe being able to kind of come in. And I'm not saying that this week they're going to play or, or anything, but I, I think, you know, they're probably further along. You know, they were further along in their development before this, you know, they had to take this big pause. Uh, they've been off uh, going back since, you know, it was like August 20th, I think, when the news came out. So, you know, they missed the whole month, you know, the, the end of fall camp and the, um, until last week, they marched through told us yesterday that they were practicing last week, kind of anticipation of this decision coming out. And, um, because you have to practice a certain amount of practices before you can actually play in games and, 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 and all that stuff. So, um, yeah. yeah, I thought that was interesting that Mark said last night that they brought them back last week. So they must have had <clears throat> at least some <clears throat> optimism that this was going to happen this week. Yeah, I think so. And I mean, I think that was the case all along that they, I mean, I, you know, didn't Mark at some point say, you know, if it were up to him, I don't remember if he said all the guys or, or some of the guys would right. be practicing like right, you know, back, you know, a month ago. So, right. um, and the school, you know, we don't have to go through all this again, you know, for people, you know, if they're listening to this, they probably are familiar with most of the key details, but the school had cleared them a long time ago for this, right. you know, incident. And, yeah, I think they were just waiting to see. And if, if anything came out of the, the legal ordeal that, that was different or, or new, and I mean, I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I don't know for sure that anything didn't, but right. the jury decided um, based on what it could see because it got to see you know more stuff than we did right um, that there wasn't enough there to continue on with pressing charges so right um right. certainly good for those good for those young men and um you know hopefully i, I think you know, mark talked a little bit about this yesterday that you know it's a little bit of an eye opener in a lot of ways depending on you know on a personal level just for you know kind of putting yourself in in some tough situations but also you know teaching people a little bit about how, you know, some things can get to how long things can carry on for, um, that you don't think are that, you know, that aren't going to affect you, um, maybe as long as they could, you know, if, depending on, you know, the right. cases and how people kind of put things together. So right. it's quite a, quite a learning experience for, for me too. I mean, I, I, you know, it was my first time having to deal with a, like a real legal matter involving the team that, that was significant and um, certainly, you know, taught me a little bit along the way too. I, I'm a better reporter, I think, going through this. So. <laughs> there you go. Not, not, not that Mark Sears gives a damn about that. No, but. no, no, <laughs> no, but I'm sure he's glad to hear that. Uh, 
Okay, so that like you said, I don't know that these guys are going to have any impact on this particular game. Mark kind of said that last night that they, uh, you know, they haven't hit. They have, even though they did come back this last week, as far from a conditioning and preparation standpoint, uh, that they would be ready for this game. And as you mentioned, this is a big game, uh, but it is something that will help. I think help them down the line, especially as you mentioned, the secondary with Fido Tisdale and Phillips and Joel Williams can definitely help in this depth when they've been a little thin in the secondary. Um, but let's get back to this game, Florida number ten ranked Florida coming in. Uh, on Saturday night, six o'clock uh, kickoff at Kroger Field. Uh, Kentucky coming off that sixteen ten win over South Carolina, uh, in which you were down in Columbia. Uh, obviously, turnovers is the big talk. Uh, even though Kentucky's four and zero, they're one hundred twenty ninth out of one hundred thirty FBS teams in turnover margin. Is there anything they can do about the turnovers? Not drop the ball would be a good place well, yeah, to start. I but, but I mean, you know, that, <laughs> I mean, from the standpoint of, can you teach them not to turn it over? Uh, I guess is what I'm asking. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess so, but I think it's you know a lot of that really is boiled down to just you know I think some of those fumbles. You know, the more you look at them, they are like they're good plays by the defenders, but. Right. Um, at least a, a handful of them, but, but, you know, you can be more, you know, just hold the ball a little tighter, hold it. And, and sometimes it's just, it's never, you know, sometimes bad luck's just going to hit you, but you know, I think you can do, you know, if you're the coaching staff, you know, particularly with like a guy like Josh Ali, right. He talked yesterday about like how he'd never experienced something like that, where he yeah. went out and fumbled and then came back out and then did it right again. The next time he touched the ball, um, right. some of that, you know, you're in a situation a little bit where you're running a little different, you know, you know, in, into different types of defenders than you're used to seeing. And so they're hitting a little harder. So I think there's some of that maybe that you can, can, can get out of guys in practice and, and show them some stuff, um, like that. And, and a lot of it just kind of boils down to the middle thing. It's like, I'm not going to drop this freaking football. Like, I think that's kind of you. Um, you know, you don't want to get in your head too much about it. And maybe that's part of what's happened. It's very possible. You know, I think it's being particularly like Chris Rodriguez, that could be the case where, you know, he's, you know, he's had little spots here and there early on in some of the, you know, his career, but generally he's been very protected with the football. Um, so you got to almost think it's a little bit just in his head. Um, to to some degree, and it's I mean it's wild looking at their turnover rate though. Like they're I mean they're in the SEC they're averaging almost three turnovers a game, and the next worst is A and M and at two. Yeah, so they're like you know they're averaging almost a full turnover more than anybody in the league. Um, right. And if you just take you know so if you just take away one of those one of those fumbles each game. Um, you're probably looking at a team that's, you know, scoring seven more points a game and and and, and, and putting up a little bit more in offense. Because, you know, Liam, I thought Liam Cohen talked a little bit. It was interesting hearing him talk about it yesterday because he just didn't jump right to like, oh, yeah, if we don't have those fumbles, we're scoring more. But he kind of just talked about how you take away those plays. And even if you just assume you go three and out on that next series, you know, you're still you still lost twelve plays just if you you know assume that you know right. Uh, so it was kind of interesting hearing him talk about that, and, and that adds up over time. Those plays, you know, they they keep your defense off the field. They put you 
uh, obviously in positions to score better. And in, a, in particular, two of those times they had short fields, they would have probably gotten field goals at least, you know, and probably would have made them the way that Ruffalo was going um, on Saturday. So it's a, uh, you know, you're certainly right. costing yourself. You're, if, if nothing else, you're costing yourself, you know, defensive reps because those guys are, you know, going to wear down eventually if you're turning the ball over that much. And um, so, if nothing else, that's it needs cleaned up for that. Yeah, uh, the two fumbles you talked about with Josh Ali, the first fumble was uh, late in the third quarter. That was the first play of that drive. They got in the ball on the four, on their own. Four, they were starting from their own forty-seven. So, yeah, even if you go three and out, you wasted three plays right there. You know, and you hope, hopefully, you pick up a couple of first downs to get yourself in scoring position. The second fumble on the very next series was on the fourth play of the drive. They had just picked up a first down. Uh, Chris, I'm looking at my play by play here. Chris Rodriguez had a two yard run on first and 10. Then Josh uh, fumbled in on an, another end around sweep, uh, second on a second and eight. Um, I thought it was interesting that, okay, you run the end around or you run the jet sweep with Josh, he fumbles. You come right back to it in the next series, uh, Liam, with the same person, basically the same play. Um, you know, he has confidence that that play was going to work uh, and that Josh could carry it. Uh, this sta- And Mark's story, and I talked about this on the podcast after the South Carolina game, one thing I think we have found out about Liam Cohen He's not going to bench you just because you fumble the ball. I mean, he's going to work with you to try better ball security, but he's not going to put his best players on the bench just because, you know, maybe, as you mentioned, maybe the other team gets a hat right on the ball or they're able to get in there and, you know, knock the ball out or something, you know, uh, unusual happens. He's not going to sit your behind on the bench just because of that. Yeah, no, he's definitely he's definitely shown through four games. He's not a doghouse guy. He's, no. he's 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 he very much and and you know and part of that. I mean, not I mean, I don't he, I don't think he would say this, but I don't know. Maybe he would, but some of that's they, I don't know that they have you know that maybe they don't think they can put the guys in behind them. Right. You know, I think some of it might <laughs> not be by choice. Right. Um, you know, because because Ali's definitely your second best receiver after Wandale and. Um, and it's very, he's very elusive in the, those sweet packages and the thing, like he's very good at what he does. And, and even those plays that on, on Saturday, they both, or at least one of them, I know he would have picked up the first down and, 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 and there, he's been in these situations where he's clearly, um, effective if he can just, you know, keep the ball in his hands and, right. and. And and I think in particular for Ali, some of that's you know again you're you're used to catching the ball, uh, you know you're used to catching the ball and then and kind of bringing it down. And I think so part of that's just the getting used to that motion a little bit more, mm-hmm. and and also um, you know being willing to take eight yards instead of trying to get eighteen. You know I think some of that right. maybe is you gotta you know kind of rein that in a little bit. I mean, obviously all these guys, you know, they're, they're telling them like get, get the extra yards, all that stuff. But I think, you know, it would benefit them a little bit if they maybe slow down a, a little bit in some of that stuff. Um, especially if it's the difference between you losing the possession or not. I mean, I think you'd rather have those extra plays than you would give the opponent another series, especially there at midfield. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Take the, take the yards that they give you. Uh, Okay, let's okay. Besides turnovers, obviously, you know, I don't think they can turn the ball over like they uh, have been doing. 
and operate at the same turnover margin against uh, Florida, a team that's ranked 10th in the country that's beaten Kentucky 16 straight times, I think it is, in Lexington. Uh, what, what's Kentucky going to have to do Saturday night to to finally beat the Gators? Yeah, definitely the turnovers, but also I think the – yeah, I think they're going to have to hit their big plays, uh, and I think they'll be there. You know, I think that's kind of a, the M.O. on the Grantham defense is that, you know, you'll get the big plays and you'll get the, you know, you'll get those chances. But, you know, you also need to get the ball out pretty fast, too. <laughs> and, um, you know, Kentucky has a guy who's shown that he can get the ball out really fast and, and get it down deep, deep down the field fast. But, um yeah, I, like this past week, that, that that kind of stuff really wasn't there as much. And, and I think some of that, you know, <laughs> once you put the ball on the ground as much as they did, and it's a, you know, a six-point game, you're just trying to – you're not putting the ball <laughs> in the air as much either to you don't need to, to tip fate. But um, I think that, you know, so, so Will Levis' decision-making this week is going to be, you know, incredibly important because they're just – um, you know, it'll be the, the strongest defense he's seen. He's seen some pretty, you know, I think he's, he's seen some good stuff um, so far, but I don't know that um, anything's really going to compare to, to just Florida's speed, I think, is going to be could be an early adjustment for him. Um, and then I think you, you know, you really, you're obviously, you're going to need a huge game from, from Wandale. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know that... Um, yeah, you had you, we've made a lot, you know, a talk of, of of how much they're kind of focused in him and Levis together. Uh, I don't know. I'm a, I'm starting to feel like I'm on an island a little bit of, of when, in terms of diversifying that you're maybe trying to beat other guys. But it sounds like uh, you know, <laughs> you maybe Mark, the <laughs> yeah. Mark told you Monday he wants him lasered in. Oh, like to see him lasered in on him a little more. Have Levis lay, lasered in on Wandale a little more. Yeah, and I guess you know it's interesting when you think about it because it's you know in the because if you think about like it, it doesn't seem weird like when you when you say like oh Chris Rodriguez carried the ball twenty five times that doesn't feel weird you know like when I say that out loud but it is like I guess like what's the difference between that and Wondell getting twenty targets you know yeah. really probably nothing I guess you know really yeah. if you you know. Um, you know, except like, you know, obviously they're running, you know, different kind of ways and, and you're, you know, you know, putting them, you know, into different spots and stuff. But, um, and I think, you know, it has been, um, he's obviously been effective. I mean, you can't, you, you don't lead the league in receiving and, and, you know, you can't say that, you know, that he's not been effective. So. Right. Right. No. But back to the big plays. I mean, uh, Tennessee, when Florida beat Tennessee 38-14 last week, but Tennessee completed passes of 75, 47, 37, and 22 yards. The 75-yarder and the 47-yarder went for touchdowns. Um, yeah, as you mentioned, Todd Grantham, the Florida defensive coordinator, he's a high-risk, high-reward guy. He'll he loves he'll do a lot of blitzing, a lot of different looks, throw a lot of different looks at the offense, uh, and sometimes a lot of times that works. I mean, he's been a successful defensive coordinator that Kentucky's faced a bunch of times over the years when he was at Louisville and Georgia and uh, Mississippi State and Florida. Uh, on the other hand, he does. He can give up the big play, and as you mentioned, Kentucky has a quarterback now, Will Levis, with a strong arm, who's not afraid to go for the big play 
uh, and an offensive coordinator who can not a, who can scheme scheme up some big plays. So, no, I think you're exactly right. That's that's a definite key. Okay, let's flip it to the other side. Defense, what what's it going to? What does the Kentucky defense have to do Saturday night? Yeah, that's why I kind of want to flip. You know, from there as far as uh, big plays go, you know, you don't need. I think priority number one is doing everything you can to contain Jones in the run game. I know that's going to be hard, <laughs> uh, you know, so everything sort of it, – it, at least from like watching them, it, what little I have, pretty much their whole scheme sort of operates with him as the, you know, the, the first guy you kind of need to worry about. Yeah. Um, I mean, and, Emory and, Jones. Yeah, de- yeah, Emory Jones. Really a dual-threat quarterback for, for Florida. Yeah, and, and very much, you know, and you know, incredibly, uh, and, you know, he's an effective passer, and then very, um, just very hard to bring down. It looks like though when he gets going, um, and I think he's a, I think he's, you know, comes across uh, to me at least as a, is a, you know, like a confidence guy. You know, I, I think you, you, you kind of sort of thrives with that. Um, you know, as he kind of, you know, gets going and. And then they have the guy on the bench that's probably going to be available, Anthony Richardson, um, who, who has been, you know, his numbers are are very limited. But are, when you look at like that kind of, you know, what he does in spot action, he's uh, is, is a is a, a explosive and and big guy, and he's like six four, I think, and right. um, and just and runs like a horse. Um, and so I think that's, you know, the, you know, the Q run stuff is going to be huge for Kentucky to try to figure that out. And, um, and just, you know, and they're going to, yeah, Florida is going to, you know, they're going to get big gains and they're going to be able to do a lot of the stuff they want to do. Um, but I think it's, it's, you know, you just need to limit that as much as you can. And, and to Kentucky's credit, you know, so far they've been pretty good at guarding the run. It doesn't, there's, it's, it's been funny. I was talking to somebody about this yesterday, like you, in the moment and watching it, sometimes it doesn't seem like it, but I mean, like statistically, they've done pretty well um, defensively. I mean, they they they're like they check a lot of boxes when it comes to that. But um, and and those numbers probably would look better if you're if you're if you if you're again like you're not having as many turnovers as you're having on offense, and so you're giving your opponents a, a little bit, you know, some extra time to do stuff. So I think. You know, but this is this is the biggest test, right? I mean, South Carolina sort of has struggled to get their run game going despite having some pretty good running backs, um, and and Missouri. I don't, you know, I don't know that 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 you know, Beatty. I'm not sold on on, on that whole thing. I, I know he had a, you know, he had kind of had a, a pretty good game against Kentucky, but um, he also caught the ball out of the backfield a lot. So right. he's a different um, kind of back, yeah. Yeah, so you know, the, really, the Chattanooga guy was the <laughs> sort of the the one that you, you you had a lot of effectiveness against Kentucky. So um, it'll be interesting. I, I, I'm very, um, you know, I, I'm you know, I think the containing the run is very important, but also I'm really curious to see how Kentucky uh, matches up with Jones and and their receivers in the secondary because these will be some of the fastest guys they've seen too. Um, yeah, none of their definitely. like receivers. Um, you know their receivers are are yeah you know, I don't know if they're household names any of them but they're guys that are certainly fast and um, 
are going to be a lot to handle, you know, a lot for them to, to handle. And, um, and Malik Davis too, the running back, I think he's very, um, he's a guy that they're going to probably end up seeing a lot too, because he's really fast. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Florida's third in the nation in uh, rushing yards per game, 322.5 per game. You mentioned Anthony Richardson, who's, as you mentioned, spot duty. Missed the last two games with, I think, a hamstring problem. Uh, but he played the first two for Florida and he ran for 160 yards on seven carries against Florida Atlantic, 115 yards on four carries against uh, South Florida. He had an 80 yard run against South Florida and a 73 yard run against Florida Atlantic. So, yeah, he's definitely somebody you've got to be aware of. But you're right. You can't forget about the passing game because actually Emory Jones was very effective throwing the ball last week against Tennessee. And they do, I mean, they're Florida. You know, they're going to have good receivers. Mm-hmm. Florida always has good receivers and they're going to they're going to have some good receivers so uh right and and that's forget about the passing game for sure and that's sort of what i kind of worry about is is you you know if you're thinking about the kentucky from the kentucky point of view like you get so caught up in the in the run game and figuring that out and then you get burned by some of their guys that no one's talking about (laughs) like because they're you because they are you know they're florida athletes they're 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 just real fast dudes that are gonna uh you know burn you if you're not careful with them and i mean i mean like you know and then you know they yeah they're not throwing it as much but you know cope when they're leading receiver he's i mean he's he, he's second in yards per reception so when they're getting them they're getting them for right. you know he's like it's it like 23 yards per game or per catch so right. um you're talking about you dudes who can make plays uh when they get the balls in their hands yeah. Or the ball in their hand, so it's it's you know certainly you can't you can't let them lull you to sleep. No, and on the defensive side, you got Kentucky is the ninth ranked uh, is ranked ninth nationally in total defense. Florida is ranked ninth nationally in total offense. So that'll be a very interesting matchup. And uh, uh, anything else you want to we need to talk about for this game, Josh? Before we wrap it up here. Yeah, I don't know that you know this isn't like a you know big. <laughs> you know, secret or anything, but this certainly is a game for Kentucky. I think that you have the emotional edge, um, in terms of you know, kind of feeling like you're un- you're slotted. Um, I asked Brendan Bates about this yesterday, and it wasn't so much what I was trying to ask, but the way that his answer was to a question that was better than the question I asked. Um, <laughs> And, you know, about how it's kind of, you know, like, yeah, we're the underdogs. They're, they're thinking, you know, they're mighty Florida. They think they're going to come in and, you know, just it's same old Kentucky. Like it's sort of, it's so interesting that that, um, that this team, you know, a lot of times still, you know, embraces that idea in some ways that people think of Kentucky as, you know, what it was six, seven years ago. And, because it's clearly not. And I think nationally, even Kentucky gets way more respect than it used to and because it's earned it. <laughs> you know, it's right. not it, – it deserves to be talked about in a different way than it was before Mark Stoops got here. Um, but it, but they still sort of embrace that idea of, oh, yeah, we're Kentucky football, you know, like right. – and, 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 and like that sort of underdog thing. And, and this is their – you know, this is their chance. I mean, they've – you know they've come a long way, and four and zero to start the year is is sort of unheard of around here for most most seasons. But um, you know, beating Florida and getting to five and zero would be that would you know put a different kind of uh, stamp on the season and and put you in a spot to 
really do some some really cool stuff this year if you're Kentucky. So I think, you know, they can play with that edge, but also, you know, you can't let that get, you know, get you too into it. And if you're down, you know, 10 nothing or 14 nothing or something, that's, again, something we've not – you know, this team still hasn't had to play from behind, really. So, I mean, I know Chattanooga took a lead there briefly. Um, but, you know, it's Chattanooga. Um, Florida going up 14 nothing you know, would be a different thing. And I would be sort of interested to see how they would respond in that situation. Um, right. You know, I don't know that anyone listening to this would, <laughs> would no, want they that. Wanna, but. They don't want to see that, no. <laughs> they don't care to see how they respond to that situation. Let somebody else respond to that situation. They'd rather see how they respond being up 14 nothing than being down 14 nothing. But well, I can say, tell you I can tell you how they respond being up fourteen nothing. They'll drop the ball on the ground and then they'll end up being tied fourteen fourteen. It's we've pop. seen that. Yeah, we've seen that. If you want to go by recent history, yes, we've seen that. So, but no, you're right. I mean, this is a chance for them not to, to show that they're not you know not just competitive with the big boys, but they can beat the big boys. The stretch, especially these next three games: Florida, LSU, and Georgia. Starting with Florida, number ten ranked team in the country, defending SEC East champ on Saturday. And the team that played Alabama, number one Alabama, pretty tough. They got down twenty-one to three a couple of weeks ago, but ended up losing just thirty-one twenty-nine. So it's a definite test. And Josh will have his predictions later in the week. I have plenty of coverage during the week leading up to the game on Saturday night. Like I said, it's the six o'clock kickoff. Uh, be sure and follow Josh on Twitter during leading up to the game and during the game. Josh Moore HL. Follow all his work on uh, Kentucky.com and the print edition of Daryl Leader. And as always, thanks, Josh, for being on the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me, John. It'll Can't wait till Saturday. It should be a lot of fun. Okay, that'll do it for this edition of the John Clay Podcast. My thanks to Pat Dooley and Josh Moore. Remember, it's a 6 o'clock kickoff at Kroger Field on ESPN on Saturday night. Uh, follow me on Twitter at John Clay. IV. Uh, follow my sidelines blog where I'll have live updates from the game as, lo- as well as a dedicated Twitter feed uh, about the Kentucky-Florida game on Saturday. Uh, check out at the top of my Twitter feed. Uh, again, it's John Clay IV. You'll see a pinned tweet about the Sports Passports only digital subscription to Kentucky.com. It's $30 for the first year. You get all of our UK coverage, all of our high school coverage. You get columns by Mark Story and myself. $30 for the first year. Click on that tweet it'll take you where you need to go or go to kentucky.com hit on the subscription tab check out all the offers to all the subscriptions to kentucky.com or the print edition of the herald leader we appreciate everybody who supports our work at the herald leader and kentucky.com i appreciate everybody who listens to this podcast we appreciate you spreading the word about the podcast leaving ratings and reviews uh Basically, anywhere you can get the podcast, we really do appreciate that. Really looking forward to the game on Saturday with Kentucky, Florida. Thanks again to Pat Dooley and Josh Moore. And thanks again to everybody for listening. And we'll catch you next time on the John Clay Podcast.